Hey there, this is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, friends of failure, and welcome to this week's episode of the Failure Guy podcast. I am here with my friend Wendy Harris. Wendy, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Ben. I want to first let the listeners know before you get to pump yourself up, do the uh, the the pump up, how hilarious our meeting was. <laughs> like when you reached out to me, because can you tell them what your what your bio <laughs> thingy says under your name? Oh, so my followers have nicknamed me the queen of conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about first impressions and building relationships. <laughs> So clean conversation and first impressions. And you sent me a blank message um, on LinkedIn and it was a, like a technical snafu. And then you sent, I think another blank message and then you started laughing or I started making fun of you. I don't know. It just kept going back and forth, but it was the funniest. <laughs> like it was a good first impression I'd say, because I'm big into failure, but considering you're trying to send Voice messages, it was funny to see that I'm not the only one who fails, which is nice, you know, in action. I definitely, definitely spoke words out loud and <laughs> uh, pressed the button on the voice notes to say to send. And then it just went zero. And I was like, oh, so I'm just going to I'm just going to blame it on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it couldn't have been your communication skills or your conversation abilities because you're the queen. Absolutely not. <laughs> Is there a king? I've yet to I've yet to meet the king of conversation. So uh, you just met him. So uh, congratulations. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. But oh, thank you. Um, I would never be so immodest as to call myself. A king. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, anyways, uh, the thing I do, like we said, is to avoid research. I have people pump themselves up at the beginning. So tell us all the good stuff about you. Tell us all the all the things that we should know, so that when we get to the bad stuff we feel better well i'm going to give you the 50 cents rather than the dollar tour oh give me a dollar 25 oh yeah okay well so i've been picking up the phone since 1988 and that was probably before you were born ben and um nope not not true (laughs) he's disappeared he's disappeared yeah hold on sorry i had to run and get a drink but i i am 1985 so i was a fresh three-year-old at the time oh, okay so yeah well you were you you were a toddler and i was cutting my teeth on the phone honestly i was making phone calls too i had a little play school fisher price um jobby did you have one of those you know like on um oh gosh what's what's the film toy story what, what well which what happens <laughs> the fisher price phone Oh, yeah, that phone. But then I was also thinking you were doing like a mowing motion. It reminded me of the bubble popping thing. <laughs> that was like a fake lawnmower, if you remember that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dear. So I think we estimated, we tried to work it out in the 30-something years that I've been doing this, that I've possibly made about 2 million dials. Wozers. So there's not many situations that would surprise me. 
Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna surprise you in this one. I'm going to just work for that only. <laughs> I know you like a challenge, Ben. Um, but two million. So let's think about that. So 15 years per milli. Oh, um, we were trying to work it out. How many do you do a day? Is that easier? Well, yeah, because we, we kind of go um, 20 days a month, 10 months a year times by 34. Why are you calling so many people, by the way? Hmm? Why are you calling them? These were cold calls for other companies and stuff? or Yeah, um, biz, business to business, um, setting appointments uh, in high ticket, long deal situations. So it was all about creating those first impressions, introducing us as, you know, so that we're not a secret and one thing or another. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I've yeah. Li- literally lined up millions and millions and millions of pounds worth of potential business for salesmen and lost a decent chunk i would imagine as well yeah i've i've met some really good salesmen and and there there are some i don't know that the word sales would even come into their title oh well i meant you probably have messed up a few deals where you lost a big chunk of change i mean you've probably made millions like you said but I'm sure there's some of those ones where you're like, ooh, if I did this or that, I could have maybe had the deal and it fell through your fingers. Um, or you're just a, a stellar. Well, it, it's hard. It's hard to say because I'm I'm not um, I'm not the closer. Oh, you're the the fluffer. Exactly. Nice. That's the best place to be. That's exactly it. <laughs> I mean, because then you don't have to. You just. You get all the fun part. Yeah. Not in the whatever scenario, whatever innuendo I was making. But my point is in the conversation world, you get to be the good part, the good guy, you know? Well, you know, over the years, there's been lots of lots of feedback where the cust- potential customers have gone, you know, fed back through the salesmen that have taken the meeting going, they were really disappointed it wasn't you because they were really looking forward to flirting with you. Oh, geez. It's like... I get upset if I make a relationship with whatever, some person, because I, I have a really high barrier to sales, like my walls go up. So if I like whoever I'm dealing with, I like to try to keep that person rather than get scuttled off to somebody else. This, it's, do you know what, Ben? It's such a good point that you make because I think that that continuity between the first impression and the next member in the team that handles that sales process is so important that often the people that are making those calls to get in front of people don't try so hard because they know that the salesman's going to be shit when they get there. So what's the point of, of all that effort? It can go both ways. Like it can demoralize both ways. Yeah. But what I heard most was, such a good point that you make. That's the part I heard the best. Yeah, you're not failing in that, Ben. <laughs> I like that when I make good points because I like it. Usually I don't think I'm saying anything of value. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I must have <laughs> touched on a gem there. But I, I is it is because what I've been told about uh, sales calls. Now, I've done one day of telemarketing. I was selling adjustable rate mortgages. I did not know what they were. And after that day, I was like, okay, well, I'm never going to do this again. Cause that was like just me calling a bunch of people and pretending to know 
like even the smallest thing. If they had any question, I was, and I was like 18, 17, something like that. No idea what a mortgage even was. Still fuzzy on the top. Still living at home in mom and pop, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I just don't have a, I just I've never had, I've worked in real estate actually. So I know plenty about leases and mortgages and everything, but it was mostly the commercial side and I've never owned my own house. So I'd love to, for a mortgage to be a part of my life, but unfortunately not yet there. But I think it's because I grew up in Boston. It's really expensive there. I'm contemplating. I hate saying stuff like this on the podcast because I know I'm going to change my mind and then I'm going to look like an idiot later, but whatever. I'm contemplating moving to Bulgaria of all places. So, Well, it's supposed to be very nice in Bulgaria. Is it? Tell me what you know because I know almost nothing. I've never been, but I've <laughs> never been to Boston either. So, you know, who am I to say? True, but what do you know about Bulgaria? I've been to Boston. I can tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few people I know that, that have been there and there's, there's actually a guy I could introduce you, I think, that is living in Bulgaria. Is it Miko? Is he who introduced us? Um, No, somebody else. How did we introduce you? You just reached out to me with a blank message. <laughs> I just went, ah. Uh, I don't know what the hell you said. I'm failing at this. You could have been, it could have been a, a racist diatribe or it could have been a... <laughs> I think yeah, my, my first message usually is, well, you just never know where a conversation will lead. I'll keep my eye out for you in the feed. It's a little bit of a rhyme. Oh, it's a very much of a rhyme. Don't sell yourself short. That's a hundred percent rhyme. That's not yeah. a slant rhyme or whatever the hell. That's a real one. See, for, for me, when you get a voice note that's like 15, 16 seconds long, that has got to be way more exciting to go, well, this is not a sales call because sales messages are always mm -hmm. over a minute long. That's the anticipation, isn't it? Yeah. And when you say something like, oh, you know, well, you never know where a conversation will lead. I'll look out for you in the feed and it's great to be connected and I'll catch up with you one day. So that actually looks like a sales pitch when it's typed out. But you know what's the better thing? No offense. Video. And not only video, but really not great video. Like me picking up dog while I'm talking to somebody, like, because I'm walking my dog or whatever, but then he, he happens to do it while I'm in the middle of it. doesn't matter if it's 50 seconds or not. Point is, they're getting a, a unique moment. I don't try to do it while I'm taking, while I'm picking up the dog But the point is, the more real the moment can be without being dangerous, like, you know, if you're driving or something. But videos are fun. I get, because I could see you. I don't know, Ben. You see, I've... I've got standards. I've got standards. No, you don't. I can tell you don't. <laughs> and, and being a telemarketer, being a telemarketer though, I am an audio girl. You know, I'm on the phone. I've got, uh, my left ear is a highly tuned tool and, and it can sniff out, you know, it's even got another sense attached to it. It can sniff out bullshit. It's that Whoa. the filter is there because that is the only sense that you have when you're on the phone. You can't see body language. Sorry, was that a side effect of like when video killed the radio star and then you were kind of like thrown for days? Did you then develop that sense or was that something you've honed over time? I think it's honed over time to the point where, you know, if you're sat on this side of me, this ear just does, does, does not listen because this this side is normally oh. either the receiver or the headset. Do you have autonomous ears that do their own thing? Yeah, yeah. Huh. And and if you're sitting in a training room, you know, I could I could be managing a team in, in a call center 
and I can be having mm-hmm. my own conversation in my headset and I can hear what's going on. And, and I would literally have like a little whiteboard or something and I'd be writing on it and sort of sticking it up <laughs> over my head to help the team members if they're stuck in a conversation. Okay. Do you remember the day they went from the thing that rests on your shoulder, that weird nubby looking like a heel, like a, of a shoe looking thing to hooked onto your head? Do you remember that day and going, this is the best day ever? Did that happen? No, I was quite happy with the receiver in, you know, like that. Oh, really? Your neck must have been yelling at you. But yeah, see, now it's like mouse control on the other side, you know. I mean, it sort of evened out that I looked like, you know, the queen of Notre Dame. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) You just needed like some xylophones or something to play along with or whatever. He, I don't even know what he did. up But I can't believe Notre Dame burned, burned down. I always forget that. I know, sad. I, although I'm quite pleased because I did get to see it while it was still in one piece. Oh, I thought you were going to say you saw it burn. I, was, I started the fire. I was like, that's a kind of a messed up way to look of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the whole thing from start to finish, from the very start. <laughs> uh, oh, it could be worse. I could have said, you know, I saw it built, you know. <laughs> but I, I always, it's gone. I don't even know if I saw it. Where is it? It's near you, right? I think I did see it then. It's in England? It's in Paris. Oh, well, I went to Paris too. It was like a, clearly it was a a messy trip and it was, I was all over the place, but I remember going to the- On the way to Amsterdam, obviously. Of course. Well, yeah. So we had to, so the way the the Eurorail worked, we did the seven day thing, but then- one night we went at like 1130 at night. And so that counted as two days, even though it was just a half an hour in one day. So we had to cut out Munich. We had to extend Amsterdam, unfortunately, and Vienna. Oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like um, we must have seen, I don't even know. I don't know if we went to Notre Dame, but we went to the Champs-Élysées and I went around and I told everybody I wanted to say, I'm sorry but I didn't catch it. So I, I kept saying je suis déjeuner, which is not je suis désolé, which is, I'm sorry. I was saying I'm breakfast or I'm lunch. I'm one of those two. I just kept going around saying I'm lunch to everybody. And not petit déjeuner. Yes. Yes. I'm a little lunch. Yeah, but not a petite one. So I think it's a lunch if you just leave out the petite because I didn't say, I said, just read déjeuner. So I guess that's lunch. I'm not sure. Why do they call it? I guess a little lunch makes sense because it's a smaller piece. But you don't hear about déjeuner that much. <laughs> Point was, everyone looked at me like an idiot, but I assumed that was because I was an American who knew one sentence, but it was really because I kept telling them I was a, a meal of the day. And it took me like, the whole day I, we were there two days it took me like 90 percent of the time there to, to realize it all i can think of is that breakfast is the best meal of the day ben so it's why they were looking at you like i totally disagree <laughs> we are on the opposite end of the spectrum because i don't eat breakfast ever and i eat way late at night and then that's why i don't eat breakfast because i'm still digesting from the late at night but agree to disagree Maybe at the same time of the world, we're eating breakfast at the same time or something like that. <laughs> like I'm doing my weird late night thing and you're having breakfast. Who knows? Um, so <laughs> what made you decide to, or like, what was your whole tra- trajectory? It seemed like you worked in sales. How'd you get into podcasting? Was there a big in between of other things or is it like 
pretty straight line. And um, no, I mean, look, I'm 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 what's called a middle aged mum now. So ah. sales is has been a, a nice. It, it, I, would, I hate using the word nice. It's been a great career to work around the kids mm. because you can, you know, you can scale it up, scale it back. I've been running my own business for 17 years, so I I make my own rules, right? You can negotiate with them really well too. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, if I come and get you from school, you've got to promise to come and walk the dog with me, you know, it's, it's, Otherwise, I'm going to throw you in after school club. Oh, it's okay, Mama. I'll go to the club. <laughs> so. It's the perfect time to make a video, a LinkedIn video, right? When you're taking the dog with the walk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's your turn to pick up. <laughs> Just get him on video and then send it. Hey, how's it going? At least you'll know it actually recorded, you know, which would be good. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll probably just put my 13-year-old in charge of that. That would be the better plan. There you go. You have a cinematographer. Mm. Um, that's not too bad. So how long have you been doing podcasting stuff? I launched my podcast November 2020. So I beat you by two months. Yeah. But you are probably beat me in a number of episodes by now. What are you at now? 83. Yeah, I'm only 56, but I've probably recorded around 100. So, oh yeah, I'm. I've recorded. I think I've got about 15 canned, and yeah, I've got I've got guests lined up now that will see me through the, to the end of the year. Yeah, but if a podcast falls in the woods or whatever, you know, is it heard? Is it a podcast? Meaning, is I got to get some of those out, and some of those are never going to go out. I know that because some are from like over a year ago. Um, no, there's, there's one, there's one episode that I really wasn't sure about releasing. Oh, this is intentional sandbagging because I've had one of those. Um, and it's still sat there. Um, and I just keep pushing it to the end of the production because I'm just not sure about it. Then mm -hmm. I've had a guest that's like completely off the wall in terms of what they do and how they help in business. And yet that was our fastest downloaded episode ever. Wow. Isn't it weird how that happens? Yeah. And you go, oh, well, how, why can't I just do that again? <laughs> or yeah. Or why don't I know what I'm doing? <laughs> like, why can't I predict it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like this sec best guess. I have got a, I've got a recorded episode where unfortunately I was trying to get um, just final consent on it, and he he'd passed away really suddenly. So I've got then you don't need consent. I'm pretty sure. Right? No, I know, but I just it was just it was ready to go, and it would have all fallen in line with the funeral and one thing and another. Well, I had a worse, not worse, but a uh. So I I released an episode with a guy named Fred Moore, who's a magician productivity coach, and that was a big spike, and I was like just based on the fact he's a magician productivity coach, that does not make sense. So. Oh, you're not going to believe your eyes. Everyone's like, Oh my God, I got to listen to this one. Uh, Cause my eyes are not going to see anything. Um, so I think a guy who was a high school football coach in the U S died named Fred Moore. 
my guy's name was Fred Moore also, but just the algorithm picked up on it or whatever because yeah. people stayed. I mean, if they thought it was oh. the other guy, they wouldn't go, oh, okay, well, whatever. I'll just do magic. I, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. I've just been indexing on Google Search Console. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm like indexing all the pages, uh, you know. Hey, by the way, IMDb is going to help you for sure. Have you linked your own web page into it as an official site? Yeah. And that was, you know, thanks to you. Yeah. Um, and you can even do unofficial site, like my own personal company is a main <laughs> sponsor. I just tried to give special thanks to Arnold Schwarzenegger on an episode and it wouldn't let me. So, well, um, who was it that was as t- one of our guests one of my guests was talking about mr beast mm-hmm. no idea who he was oh that's yep you should and know that because it's in the show notes and it's been it's been backlinked i've had like nearly a thousand impressions i'm like what that was like within the last week or two and it's it's like when you get a um a notification because it's i've been doing this for two or three weeks this kind of console business and mm-hmm. you get an email from console going, you've had 30 clicks and you go, whoa, I had no idea how many I was getting before. It was probably none. <laughs> Could have been more. And maybe you're going down. Just don't, you know. You, That's why it doesn't matter. I mean, I try not to look at the metrics that much, but as long as they're going up generally. Yeah. They're not really all the time, but some of the, you know, the total number is always going up. It's that consistency, isn't it? Yeah. It's hard work though, isn't it? Podcasting is hard work. It's easy having a conversation. The hard part is having enough of a conversation that is something of value to the people that want to listen. So I I didn't listen to any podcasts for the first year. I knew the concept. I knew what they were about. You mean you started to have one and make one without knowing what any of them sounded like? Yeah. That's awesome. I just knew how I wanted my content to be received and I knew how I wanted the guests to be portrayed and that was it. So, And for the listeners, what's your podcast called? Um, <laughs> Making Conversations Count. Mm, nice. Honest, relatable conversations with business leaders. Ooh. Now we've had some really, really cool people on and... Except for that one person. The one person. Well, obviously I'm the coolest person. (laughs) I meant the one person that you didn't release and you're still not going to release, it sounds like. I know, yeah. It's poor Bobby, you know, poor Bobby. Oh, we don't have to name him. I hope that's a fake name, like a stripper name. No, no, it's his name. It's definitely his name. (laughs) Well, he's not going to listen to this. No, you, you didn't even listen to this as far as... He would approve. He would approve. Um, but I, it's, I've just kind of said I will I will put it out there at some point because his content was is still relevant. You know, it's evergreen, the advice uh-huh. that he was giving. And that's, that's kind of the point, isn't it? Is that we all love stories. We yep. all love, you know, it's like for you, Ben, you know, I'm here because I failed so many times it is laughable and we can't forget to get into that because i want to get into that yeah i mean this is my third business so i've had to fail before we all do if you're going to do anything of value but also but his evergreen thing reminded me that i had a guy 
still haven't released it. And his name's Sam Harris, which is the same as an author, you know, the famous mm-hmm. atheist author. So that would help with the algorithm. But he changed the name of his app that he made from when we recorded it to now. So he's talking about Syncify the whole time, even though it's now it's reason. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? I'll either re-interview the guy or I can't go through and like chop it, or just say, hey, every time he says this, it's that. No, it's just doesn't. It's not evergreen is my point. It's uh, it's brown. <laughs> it's It's on the floor waiting to be picked up again, isn't it? It's... <laughs> I don't know if it's going to get picked up. It's going to get swept away, probably. Ask him to send you a voice note saying. No, I'll just have him do another one. Yeah. He doesn't even probably remember what we, I don't remember what we talked about. You know, it's funny because do you have these moments? I don't know how many, you don't get as backlog as I do, but when you listen to the podcast and you don't remember how great it was, or you forget even what you had talked about. And so like by re-listening, you are like, oh yeah, this is amazing. Oh, all the time. All the time, Ben. I mean, when I finish recording, I usually write up my notes. So I've got my pen and my pencil is always in my hand and my pads here. And I'm, it's like keywords that are, are, that are just joggers for me. And then I type up like a couple of paragraphs of what I really took away from the conversation that hit me here. And, um, and then what we've done is that me and the, my producer, Neil, we always have like a scrum every week. And mm-hmm. we just have a quick conversation and he, he listens, he edits, then he really listens. And, and he comes back at me with what his takeaway was. So his mm. notes and feedback are different to mine. And I'm like, mm. whoa. So then what we do is once it's live and it's released, I listen back and I am a listener of my own show and I'm, I'm critiquing the conversation and for new takeaways. And then we release bonus content on a Sunday, which is carrying on the conversation. And it's me and Neil basically saying, well, I took this away and he's going, I thought this was really great. And it, and it's just five minutes of us. It's what we would do every week anyway. Might as well get it, get it down for posterity's sake. And also I'm an idiot. I have every one of these on video and I've done almost nothing with them. I probably put it out a total of like six minutes of video out of 56 episodes. <gasps> and you've been banging on about video all this time. I didn't say I was the master of video or the king. Of- I don't do it. Neil does it. He's just a genius. He's in his genius when he's putting it together. It took me the beard, which is a pandemic beard, in order to feel good on camera. Before that, I, mean, I teach Excel online, so I could just hide behind the fact that it's all being screen recorded and I'm not, there's no need to see me. But when there was, it was looking like I was 12 years old and a mix between 12 year old Mr. Clean. Like I had no muscles. Or was like Popeye maybe, but like not without the face. No, Ben, I, I've, got, I've got it. You would make a really good Kenny Everett cameo. Carl Pilkington, I looked like quite a bit. Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant's buddy. Oh, yes. It was with the or- head like a f- orange, they say. And he's an idiot, idiot abroad. Him I get, I get, I used to get. And then Billy Corgan, I used to get. So like those are not as good as whoever has a beard I would that I would get. But who's the one you said? I don't even know. Who Kenny that Everett. Oh, he was 
uh, 70s, 80s. He was a radio DJ, but he did sketch shows. It was the Kenny Everett show, you know, and he did he did loads of different characters. Was he um, funny? It was hilarious, and it's still funny. Perfect. Love it. Because I got to do, I wanted to stand up at some point, but I've been not doing any at all. So Why? Why not? Well, it's scary. So you've got to be super bold. <laughs> of course. But then also then the pandemic made it harder to even go do a stand-up thing. I'm certainly not going to do it on like a Zoom where there's a weird delay or whatever. Don't you find it's funny though when you stand up in front of people? I mean, when I've delivered keynotes and, and presentations, right? And 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 I'm used to interaction. I'm used to having some kind of yeah. feedback or, you know, noise or heckling. You know, heckling would be fine. A lot of tomatoes being thrown. Yeah, that'd be fine. Um, <laughs> that's why I usually wear red, you know. Um Of course. But you look at at people and there's this like blank expression mm. and you start to panic because you just think, oh, I'm not hitting home with anything here. There's just these blank expressions. And I've been told that it's actually that people have got their listening face on. Oh, uh, resting listening face. When they've got that blank expression, it's because they're taking in what it is that you're saying. And you're viewing it as the opposite of that, or at least taking it in and not liking it. Yeah. It's better than there are only being two people there that showed up and they're, eh, I mean, the people who, so I did, I promoted this thing for a few months and then it was at a Microsoft store. So I teach Excel. So I was like, it's at a store. Someone will come. I've done so much networking and only one person came and then a store employee also sat for the, for the. We won't call it a keynote. We'll call it a, like <laughs> just my mini TED talk, I guess, uh, about Excel. But I was like, I did that once. I was like, what am I doing? I should be doing this online. I already have like tons of people listening to me online. What am I doing? Trying to drum up real life stuff. But it helped with a lot of the confidence stuff and just working out the material or whatever, like the training material. If you are a professional looking at the European startup scene, Germany is a place you cannot miss. Fortunately for you, there is StartupRad.io, the authority on German startups. This English-only podcast brings you fresh interviews each week. Most likely, you have never heard or read anything on these startups before in English, but you will in the future. Be ahead of the curve and subscribe to StartupRad.io podcast or check for the StartupRad.io internet radio station. Check your Alexa for the StartupRad.io skill as well. So my, I think I have to have a fake name in order for it to work. So what I like is that Kenny Everett, my fake name is Benny Fitzgerald. Okay. Oh no, sorry, Fitzpatrick. It's because I'm Irish. Fitzgerald is not Irish, correct? Benny Fitzpatrick. The point is, doesn't matter because I'm not Irish. <laughs> the point is, it shortens <laughs> to Benny Fitz, and so the special is going to be called "Friends with Benny Fitz" because I thought that'd be funny. And that then, is funny. yeah, I built from there. So Fitzpatrick, I think, is what it is because that's the most Irish sounding. I'm like 94% Irish, so I figured I'd lean into that. My name doesn't sound Irish at all. Plus, people want to C O U R it. So, you know, I need to, and I need 
some other guy to bomb on stage. It's not quite me exactly, you know? I think this is this is kind of why I started on the phones was I loved playing act. I was always in acting and on, at school and stuff. You were? Yeah, I loved playing yeah. characters and making people laugh. Who'd you play? I, I was the cleaning genie once and I had a bright pink lamb's wool jumper that was stuffed with a double D bra and, you know, the the ridiculous lipstick and the blue eyeshadow and the, the curlers in your hair and, you know, and you'd come out with your tickling stick <laughs> and you'd have to wait for people to just stop laughing at how ridiculous you looked so that you could deliver your line. So just like I was saying, I look like Mr. Clean. Is Cleaning Genie a person that's uh, popular over there or is this a made up? Yeah, no, it's just a made up character in Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. Oh, okay. It was a character's name? Yeah. Okay. That makes way more sense. I did the lighting for Oklahoma, if that helps. (laughs) I could just see you as Doris Day. Doris Day with a beard. I know when... The wind comes swooping down the plains, what you do with the lights, I think. <laughs> I don't remember any of it. It's such a vague memory that who the hell knows what I actually remember versus tell myself I remember. But I want to hear more about your failures because we've heard very little. So what was the first business that didn't that did not work out? And how'd you like venture out into that? So my first my first business was um I was selling software for a for a pal, actually. Um, and and they they were making so much money they decided to go into property and they weren't asked about getting supplies in or you know running the company anymore and just basically said oh you know we're we're going to close the company um thank you very much so me and another lady that that worked there went well we can do this on our own so we set set up a it was just mail order do they not make the software themselves no no, we ju- we just bought um, bought in and resold. We were just middle women, <laughs> uh-huh. and it was it was the, yeah. It was the fact that we were women and and like hassling the the uh, computer reseller market uh, and just having fun. And we back in the day when it was Fun Facts Friday, and we would oh. just send you know would hand draw a joke or a cartoon or something, and we would literally just fax that through to all of our best customers on a Friday. One at a time, does that mean? Yes. That's you know, the only way, right? Yeah. There was no email or anything like that. But no um, multifax either. You can't, you'd have to type in each number and let it go yes. through. Beep, 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 beep. Two, two days ago, <laughs> for the first time ever, I bought and played and utilized an eight track player because I had one attached to my record player. I didn't realize it. And I bought an eight track at the store. I, I now don't know what to do. Did they rewind? I should have just Googled this, but my point is it says programs. I It just stopped and now I can't even get, I had music. I don't know if I'm like a VCR situation where I need to rewind it in the machine. I I don't know. My dad had an eight track in his truck when we, and I used to go with him when I was like school holidays. Or do you ever flip it over? Do you know that much? Is, is no, there a I just don't. I just remember just pushing the cassette in and then when it was finished, you take it out and you put another one in and then you just start again. I Okay. I honestly don't remember. But then, you know, I'm old. so I'm new to it. So (laughs) I'm getting in late, but I've got a recording one. I've got a head cleaner one. 
There was 25 cents each. I got Bon Sonny and Cher. Yeah, you're asking the wrong person. I used to listen to War of the Worlds with Jeff by Jeff oh. Wayne. That was that I was our that thing. was um uh you mean there was a rereading of it, not the Orson Welles thing when he did it on the radio? No, it was a, a musical track, so it was narrated by Jeff Wayne. Or the world. Oh, Nathaniel. <laughs> Thank you. I can't sing for the life of me. And I also <laughs> made it up, obviously. But uh, I didn't know there's a musical version of War of the World. Yeah. It's a, oh, it's, a, it's really big. You mean you, you mean Tom Cruise did not make it big for you? Tom Cruise. Well, it was not a musical version. I saw no, it wasn't. him sing no songs. So some of the music we think was in the background. So I remember there's the Orson Welles one where he freaked everybody out mm -hmm. back in the whatevers, 30s, 40s, 50s. I have no idea. And then no idea what happened in between a musical. Apparently <laughs> it must have been. Um, I hate musicals, too. Honestly, War of the Worlds. When, when was it? You can hear me typing now. I'm going to say 1958. 1978. Knew it. I was uh, just <laughs> a little bit off. <laughs> There's one number up. <laughs> oh, no. uh, I should have thought whether or not you'd be around to see it. Obviously, I picked way too early, but I thought no one would do it that late. Who gives us who the hell's going to make a musical about it in the 70s? But I guess that's when they were doing Age of Aquarius type stuff, whatever. Is that that? I mean, it was still all peace and love, man. You know, well, it was fading away, though. Mm. The Miami Vice days or whatever. <laughs> See, the thing is, I remember the, like the old grey whistle test and stuff like that because. What's that mean? The old grey whistle test was um, like Top of the Pops in, in the UK. It, it'd be, oh my God, I'm trying to think what it'd be like for you over there. It's 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 like MTV, you know. Uh -huh. um, but it was. like the most popular music? Mus yeah, it was like the music show of the 60s. It was like the Smothers Brothers? Kind of deal. I don't know. That was what we had, I think. Let's just randomly say old stuff from each other's country, and then people have to listen to us butcher each one and then yell at their yeah, things we'll, going, we'll, no, you idiots. It was. It's going to be some interesting backlinks in the show notes. I'm going to put some Sorry. Mr. B stuff in there. <laughs> just, just reference that we talked about them. <laughs> you know, um, it's, 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 you know, who knew that War of the Worlds was going to create so many impressions on, on it for yeah. you? <laughs> and did you reprise, reprise the Cleaning Genie for War of the Worlds musical? Did you ever? Because you did theatre, but I didn't know you sang in War of the Worlds. Oh, I'd only sing along in the cab to my dad. I wouldn't oh. necessarily, you know, do it now, but... Um, I, I, can, I can do karaoke poorly. That's about it. I couldn't oh, do I, I No did one get, wants to come see me on stage on purpose. No, I, I dragged my husband up on karaoke in Cyprus one year when it was uh, Handbags and Glad Rags by Stereophonics. Handbags and Glad Rags. It was just an abomination. Isn't it nice when you know you're screwing it up and you're halfway through the song and you have half the song to go? Yeah, and you're like, I'm just going to kick off my sandals and then at the end I'm going to jump in the pool. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes uh, you feel like you're crushing it if you're pretty drunk, you, you know? You're on holiday. You've got to let your hair down. Hey. 
<laughs> I permanently let my hair down. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to let it down for good. Lay it to rest. That's that's a different meaning on the word uh, bold or bold. Yeah, bold, bold, boldly, boldly going. When, <laughs> I, I didn't hear failure there. I heard, I heard them. I heard them go. Oh, we're done with software, and you just went. Well, no failure there. I'm going to pick this right up and run with it. I think we're going completely off format. <laughs> well, no, the failure really was that um, I my marriage broke down, and and I decided that this guy was really really exciting, and I was going to 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 have a very successful life because he was a businessman, and you know, blah blah blah. Uh, so I I literally walked away from a very successful business for love mm. and was home in like four months after. Huh. Meaning love was over. And it was, it was like, well, all he wanted really was my contacts and my business. That's all I want too. I haven't really got much. I'll still love you. <laughs> I have no idea who your contacts are. It's like, you know, um, you know, when you just go, I'd give, I'd give anybody my last dime, right, to be helpful. Uh, but of then course. people just disappoint you. And that was yeah. a big disappointment. It, it, it's rough when you leave because I know I've felt like, oh, I'm on the verge of success or whatever. So I'm sure he was like in a, hey, I'm going to be next big thing. And then it was just a. Yeah, I mean, nothing, a big dud. I'd got my own home, my own car. I'd got plenty of money in in the bank account. I'd got a great network of friends and my family. And I, I moved away. I literally moved 120 miles. You know, it's not a lot in America. I know that. But but over here. Uh, it can be for sure. It's it's still, you know, it's not like you can just pop in and have a coffee uh, mm-hmm. just to make yourself feel better, you know. Um, and it was it was really before mobile phones were really that good. Of course. So keeping in touch was hard work. Um, I just remember calling my friend's house and be like, hey, friend's mom, is, is John there? And she'd be like, no. And I'd be like, all right, well, let him know when... And then maybe hopefully I'll be near the phone when he comes back because that's all it was. And then I did get a pager. My mom bought me a pager. That's about as early as I went. We had phone boxes and you'd go over to the phone box and you'd, you'd, you'd ring three rings and get them to ring you back at the phone box. <laughs> but Well, I would get the page and then it would be 911 and I'd maybe find a pay phone. Those kind of faded a little faster than I thought. But pay phones are cool. I think we should just keep them because they're cool. You do keep them, right? Well, we've we've turned them all into like little bookshops here, you know. Oh, you leave or you, Superman, leave you. Um, changing rooms. Oh yes, <laughs> no. Um, I'm not sure that um, Superman pops by very often. I thought he favored those ones. I thought he. I mean, he could fly around. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's within his possible. I we could find him changing in one of those. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> but maybe that's a Doctor Who like crossover or something. I have no idea. But um, what would all right? So so we actually talk about some failures. What would you say is your biggest 
failure, mistake, whatever misstep. Uh, was it that leaving the healthy life for the? No, I kind of I came back and had to lick all my wounds and and rebuild. And mm-hmm. a little later, I met my now husband. We've been together twenty odd years. Every year was odd. It was just a strange. Well, occasion. you know, I don't. I hadn't got much of a track record to stick in at anything. So to say oh. today that, you know, we've been together 20 odd years is kind of. Well, you're like 25, right? So mm-hmm. that's pretty mm-hmm. impressive since you're five. So that doesn't make any <laughs> sense to say. <laughs> you, it's, hypothetically. It's, it's just, it, it is, it's just odd. It's just odd that, you know, um, life never kind of gives you what you set out for. And sometimes you just don't know what it is that you're setting out for either, right? Mm. So um, I decided that I was going to to leave my corporate job and start another business for myself. And I bought a franchise because I wasn't brave enough to do it on my own after the last time it failed. And, you know, I thought a bit of a security blanket. Go on a roadmap. And I didn't want history repeating itself. And... My husband emptied his savings and said, here's the money to go buy the business. And then that all went tits up. Love it. And it was just, (laughs) and it was just like. I love that he's still with you through that. Because I know that. Yes. (laughs) Is the case. (laughs) It was so stressful because, you know, and it. How much did you feel like an ass? Oh, big style. Big, big style. Um, it, it was. It sort of caves in on you from all directions because you've failed yourself, you've failed your partner, you, the money is dried up. Um, there are so many other people in the same position as you who have made the same bad choice, yet you all thought... Yeah, you probably were given advice against whatever you did. Uh, there was there was no kind of alarm bells that was and that, that was i think what got all of us was mm-hmm. the rug was pulled so quickly and it wasn't everything that we thought it was going to ever be it wasn't my magician friend because then you would have been still fine because everything doesn't move yeah the rabbit would have popped out the hat and would have been fine but you know it's like anything i always say you know you where i am today is because of those things, mm-hmm. you know, meeting somebody after the failed franchise who said, Wendy, I know that you're good at sales. Come and help me. I met through the failed franchise. And then they turned around and went, why are you not just doing this for yourself? Mm. I That's that's what people say to me all the time because I'm a financial planning tech guy and then my life's a financial wreck. I'm like, I don't like taking my work home with me. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just need to be told, don't you? You know, it's like you know the right thing to do, but you're just like, I want to be immature because it's my choice. Do I have permission? Thing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's funner, more fun. Well, I'll say funner. It's funner to do whatever you want with your own money, but then after a while, you realize you just can't do that unless you make an obscene amount of money. So I got to figure out how to make an obscene amount of money so I can live the wacky lifestyle. So I figured best way to do that is world's number one failure. Clearly that is a path that's just ready, primo 
money making opportunities. I'm actually just avoiding my main business by doing all of this stuff. So I can, I can, I can actually say hand on heart. I've had to curb my podcasting activity to one day a week. Podcrastinating. Podcrastinating is what yes. I think someone else called it, but I've said it more times probably than they have. It, it, <laughs> we all get drawn to what we enjoy doing most. And when it comes to, you know, gossiping, I mean, this is what mm-hmm. my husband says. I've been, I've been paid to gossip my whole career because that's what sales is. It's about having a conversation, telling stories and all of that. Drawing people out. I was so jealous. I'm, um, so just to be, because I don't think you know the story. I've been fired from every job I've had since graduating college, which is six for six. And when I started the podcast, it was five for six. So I got fired from one while I was on the podcast. But the one I got fired from on the podcast, I told him I want to move into sales because I'm an extroverted guy who's like only talking through numbers in a spreadsheet. I need to be doing what you're saying because it seems like it'd be much more fun to just be talking to people all the time. Yeah. Even if I suck at sales, I'd get better. But I mean, I'd still just be talking to people. Look, you just don't know where a conversation will lead. Exactly. If I say less words right now, who knows what you're going to say? Ooh. I just think you should do it. Just do it, Ben. Do what? Do the sales. Oh, yeah. But I have my own thing that I sell. I don't even like to sell that. My own product. I didn't even put. I didn't even put an ad on my own podcast for it until like thirty something in. And now, well, you're your own sponsor, aren't you? Yeah, but I wouldn't. I didn't have an ad or didn't really talk about it. And now I only put the ad at the end because I'm like, why even put it at the beginning? The code has never been used that I give out on the show, so it's like there's not a lot of overlap between like failure and people who want to learn Excel. Well, you see, you can't call it a you can't call it a failure until you give up. And I you meant haven't the, given the show up. is a, is failure guy. So there's no the concept, the thought, the topic of failure. Whoever would listen to that podcast is not apparently seeking the Excel advice, or they're already amazing at Excel. I don't know what either one. Who the hell knows? Point is, also, I barely try to sell anything, so that's part of it too. Because I don't like coming across salesy. I think what would be your tip for people who uh, struggle with that? Number one tip is if you've got something that can help somebody, you just ask how you can help. It is as simple as that. Yeah. The best way I've heard it is uh, instead of calling it sales, it'd be earning the right to make a recommendation. And then, because then you're just recommending something that they should do. You, oh, you didn't like that one? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. It was Phil M. Jones. He's a great guy. and he, I like Phil. Said that. I, I've been trained by the same trainer as Phil. I don't know anything. I just interviewed a guy who interviewed Phil on his podcast. So I basically interviewed Phil. <laughs> oh, no. No. Next one. It says it backwards. So I oh, exactly what to say. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and I like the audible only one that you can look at on audible. This is his mate. They ask you answer. I, it, they're all backwards, so I have to like read backwards. Yeah, that's Phil's mate. They've got a book coming out together. In real life, are they backwards? Do you read backwards? Yeah, and upside down. <laughs> Is mine backwards for you? No. 
<laughs> oh, perfect. Okay, cool. <laughs> Unless my brain has just flipped, you know. It's that Your time brain's backwards, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, we're running out of some sort of time. Who the hell knows? I know I have more stuff to do today. Uh, no, that sounds bad. <laughs> I just want to know how, if you've had if you've had as much fun with any other guest. Yes, for sure, definitely. Damn. But it's tied for fifth. <laughs> I mean, like all of you are tied for fifth. There's no first. It's just the top five are not first tied. They're all tied for fifth. We've been been recording for nearly an hour, and um, it's only about ten minutes of real content in here. Yeah. Oh, but it's gonna people are gonna love it because well, I had a lot of fun. I mean, but if you're trying to say who, where did I have the most fun? Who the hell knows? I really don't even know, but. We'll just say you, but that would be me just being nice about it. This is one of the few that I've talked the least about the subject matter of the podcast, which is a good sign that I'm distracted thoroughly. Well, fa- failing failing takes you to the, the successes, doesn't it? You know, and I saw my, my pal earlier. I was walking the dog. I didn't have to pick mm-hmm. up any crap. Uh, you know, I've left that to the daughter. So lucky. But my pal said... Um, oh, you're going back and doing the dinner now? And I went, no, 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 I'm going to go and, you know, do an interview. And and it was like, oh, um, are you getting another job? I, I'm confused. And I went, no, 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 I'm oh, I'm, I'm yeah. going to go and talk about, about failures. And he looked at me a bit strange and I went, well, I, I'm a bit of an expert on failing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it's one of those things that you've got to keep. I have strict, strict qualification. You got to make sure, I got to make sure you're a real failure, you know, in order to get on this show. If you don't, if you don't try something out, you're going to just have regrets. The first thing you ever did in my world was a failure times two. (laughs) (laughs) And I was laughing my ass off because it was so ironic and, perfectly bad for what you're supposed to be doing. I know, I know. <laughs> but it's like oh. when I have a podcast and I can't even record the stuff or whatever, like right now my thing isn't working, but I've had times when like I literally didn't have anything set up right. So I was just like, do you want to reschedule? And they're, who knows if they were like, uh, no. I think um, the first time I had a failure on the podcast was mm-hmm. Dr. Ivan Meisner. It, mm. re- it said it was recording and oh and it did not record or none of it it. no the files were there but there was n- absolutely nothing coming out well i ended up interviewing him again and he ca- i interviewed him straight away af- you know i messaged him straight after and going oh my god you know because i was saying to him um this is all fairly new to me, you know, whilst mm-hmm. talking is great and it's something that I've, you know, built my career on. This is new. All of this is is a, is new skill sets. It's, there's different. You haven't even listened to podcasts. No, I've never <laughs> even listened to any really. And I was like, um, and, and it was like, well, you know, the one thing that was in front of me was press record. And I was like, and I'd gone through that with him and I'm, it's saying recording to you. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I, I, I literally had like 15 minutes left in his, you know, at the end of the time that we booked out. And I said, well, you can go and, you know, enjoy the start of your day now. And, and off he went mm-hmm. and he'd given me his personal email address and I had to email him going, I really don't know how to tell you this, but it has not recorded. And, you yeah, know, he came but- back and went, oh, that's no problem. That's, that's, don't feel bad. It happened to me mm-hmm. once on Fox News. <laughs> wow. 
Well, that's good because I so just yesterday on LinkedIn, people were talking about I forget what we were talking about, but in the comment thread, I mentioned um, I even tagged her in. Her name's Jacqueline Wales, and so we we were recording for an hour, but like fifteen minutes in, the Zoom dropped out. And then I didn't remember to hit record again when we came back on for like wow. another half hour. So I released it for like 19 minutes or something of, out of a whole hour. But I kept saying how bad I felt. And then thankfully she, I mean, I knew she wouldn't really care, but I got some closure that she didn't care at all. Cliffhanger, just an opportunity to do it again. Exactly. Maybe it's, uh, but we did have a lot of good stuff that we missed. And I'm sure you did too, that you couldn't even rekindle some whatever little magic. Yeah, the, the, there is a magic, isn't there, when you're having a conversation, you're into it, that you can, you know, really get into the the feeling behind stuff. Um, and that's Absolutely. what I that's what I love on. You know, I ask all of my guests for a pivotal conversation. So I that changes their lives. Yes. So it's got to be a life changer for, for them personally or in business. And, and they are not to tell me. So I can do my Be My Guest sessions. We can be chatting. And I'm like, do not tell me about that part until we record. Because I want that to be authentic. I want it to be genuine. I want it to be, you know, because there are, let's let's say there are, presenters there are Mm -hmm. podcast guests that go around doing lots of podcasts talking about themselves and their books and you know whatever they're they're flogging that's why i don't listen to them i'm not it's not that i'm lazy i don't do research because i don't want to spoil it yeah that that's the same for me though i don't want to sit and listen through through somebody's self-serving pitch yeah. Plus, my listeners haven't heard them either. Don't they? Don't know you, so I no. got to be like them, right? I, you know, I want it to be that we could meet up in the pub or the bar, mm-hmm. and you strike up a conversation, and you're having a drink, and you go and you're having another. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and I could leave the whole time. Holy shit! Is what I <laughs> I'm driving. Yeah. I thought, there's no handcuffs. Um, <laughs> Is there anything, So, because we're running a little bit late and I'm having a great time, but because I want to get to the couple of planned things, is there any final like thoughts on the concept? People hate the word failure. People don't like, no matter what, I run into people who are just like, this is stupid. You're stupid. Failure is a bad word. I hate the word. Is there anything you would say to the people who have a strong resistance towards failure? Because mm. I'm not saying failure is great. I'm saying it's just a necessary part of the game. Well, it, you you don't get anywhere without it. You're born and these are the things that you have to learn. There are things that you have to learn. So failure is part of that. If you can't if you can't accept failure, you'll never grow. I love that. So being a guest on the show, you get the coveted and I'm going to start making these for real and I'm going to write the episode number and send it to people, but uh, get out a fail free card. So take this through the internet. Thank you. Okay. Now this get out of fail free card. If you've ever played Monopoly, it doesn't matter because it really has nothing to do with it besides the name is pretty punny. Uh, get out of fail free card. So you can, it seems like you were pretty comfortable with your whole theater thing and all the acting job. In. 
what would you, if you had to, or if you were able to use this card to avoid the amount of failure that's in some other profession, hobby thing that you wish you could have done? Maybe it's the singing because you're terrible with the karaoke or whatever, but or maybe not. But or even if it's relationships, flying a plane, I don't care. I, I don't know. I've heard a lot of different things. What would you use a get out of fail free card for if you could? I do it for comedy because then the but you need to bomb. But you know what I mean. I'd still want to avoid. Um, good question. Let me see. Get out of it. There's no rush at all. <laughs> I want someone to use it on this question. Be like, I want to get out of this moment. <laughs> um, get out of fail free. God. If you couldn't fail, what would you do? Is there something that scares you? You're like, oh, I, I, I would want to do that. like be an actress, like an actual actress or something. And you're like, oh, it's so scary. I have a secret desire to be a keynote speaker. You've done a keynote speech, at least once. Yeah, I've but only to like little bitty, you know, I want a, you know, big conference, you know, hundreds of people there, you know. But written on my blackboard is a TEDx talk. Hell yeah. And, and I guess it's, you know, what do you pick? I've had quite a <laughs> colourful life. What mm -hmm. would you pick to talk well, I think, about? what is it, 18 minutes or less is what it is? I think something like that. Mm, um, have you read the book by Chris Anderson? No. Um, you have to. He he started TED, and it's all about how to do a TED Talk, and it's got oh, amazing advice. So it's like how to uh, – I forget what it's called, but it's something like how to do a TED Talk or how to – I'm not even going to try. Chris Anderson – take a look at it. it's just if you look up ted talks it's it's like starting a podcast yeah you, yeah instead of knowing nothing you can know what the guy who started i mean because he's got great advice about like you know things about like how much you should put on slides and stuff and how much how distracting or not you should be whether you should go for funny or not like all sorts of things and uses examples from the from various ted talks but uh but I've also wanted to, that's why I said that my thing was like my mini TED talk. Cause I tried, to, I mean, I read that book and then tried to make that version of it and I've since read it again. So I think you should definitely uh, check it out. I'll send you a link to it or something. If I remember. Thank you. Um, AKA yeah. you won't get a link, but. Well, you, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't ask, you don't get, it's always going to be a no. Right? True. Have you done Toastmasters? No. It's, Start it's, there. It's, it's one of those things. So it's kind of like as a mom, here we go. Okay, you're gonna high road us. Um, it's always it's always like bedtime or after hours or there's like seven a.m. ones or something. There's weird time ones. Yeah, it's 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 um it's the getting the getting them up ready for school and and stuff like that. It's. Do you know what goes on at one of those things? Uh, at seven a.m. I dread to think. At a Toastmasters meeting, regardless of the time. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. But there's Professional Speakers Association. I'm saying I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it is. But like, because because you'll get up. Sometimes there's like little mini speech things. I mean, there will be. But usually there's either one person who's getting up and presenting or, or multiple people or yourself. But there's a person whose job it is to count how many times you say um and ah. Uh. There's a person whose job it is to do certain. So like they inform you of certain things, like whether you're running too long. So it's a lot of like really good like hands-on yeah, training that's that's weird that weirds me out it's like role play 
in sales, I have clients that say, oh, can we do some role play, please? I you hate know? that. I can't do it. Can you not do I it? I can't do it without laughing. I, I can't pretend real. to have an interview. Like if it's going to be a, uh, like if I'm pretending to interview for a job, I just can't do it. I've tried to do it with an ex and I was like, I can't do this. is stupid. I'll no. just do it in my head. You, you know that it's not real, <laughs> don't you? So yeah. So it's not even same. a good dry run. As saying, oh, we're going to count how many ums. So all your concentrate. It's like saying, well, don't think about elephants. N- no, but that's, so they're going to be like, hey, tell a story about when something changes. And then there's just people doing these things. And at least if you're talking in front of 30 people, you are public speaking, you know? Yeah. So it's not like you're not doing that. I suppose. I'd recommend <laughs> it. I got a little um, paper award for something. I thought, I don't know, two truths and a lie thing that I told. Who, who, who knows what it was? But point is, um, I think at the very least you should check out that book because um, not a lot of people think through uh, there's that, that quote. What is it like? If I, if I had more time, it would have been a shorter letter. Who said that? Basically brevity is more difficult to do well sometimes than a lengthy thing. So like the Ted talk to jam pack a good amount of stuff into that little bit of time and to make it really interesting can be tough when you, are you see they're going long or shorter than that? So I also want to do Ted. Well, let's have a race. Let's see if you can get there oh, first. Account, a bit of accountability. Okay. Yeah, or just competition. I'm up for that. Okay. I bet I get to do a TEDx talk first. Okay. <laughs> well, that's going to be a fun competition with... The- <laughs> Uh, basically I already won. It seems that it got the, whatever that satisfaction would have been because it seems like it would have been, uh, very close to zero. So what would, what'd you use it for? Did you even use your card yet? Is it a Ted talk? I think it's yeah, it'd be the Ted talk. So, you know, if the card works. Public speaking to be a real keynote speaker, you said it was a secret. I so win. the hot gossip, everybody is that we've got a, a previous keynote speaker who wants to be a keynote speaker. <laughs> You've heard it here first. Uh, and she's going to keep doing it. She's going to keynote higher, which it's funny because uh, I was asking somebody who is a keynote speaker. His name is Pellegrino. He's one of my recent guests, or at least released wise. Um, and he he was saying it's funny because all they do is keep trying to get you to say, he was doing like a two hour, three hour presentation. Like, can you do it shorter? Can you do it shorter? Like, he keeps having to do it shorter. And that's like, while it is difficult, it's less time that you have to do work for, which is, mm. you know, a nice side benefit. So I guess this could be the same answer, but uh, instead of fake it till you make it, I say fail it till you nail it. So what's the next thing you're going to fail at until you become better at it? Ooh, um... Are you doing new business ventures that you're uncertain of or podcasts thing and bobs? This there's a there's a twelve step program that I mm. keep trying to sort of talk about that I haven't really launched properly. You know, it, it kind of keeps sticking in my claw as oh really. Um, you're a teacher or you're a participant? I'm a teacher. Yeah. And okay. Because I've been in a few different one of those, but as a participant, so I'm not sure what you're alluding to specifically, but. Uh, a lot of. I don't know for being anonymous on purpose. No, a lot of what I mean. It's it's weird, really, because I can do an awful lot of telephone training, and we don't pick up the phone once. 
Oh, that's what I did with my Excel, like my TED talk about Excel. I, I didn't show any Excel. It was like GPS roadmaps of Denver and Boston stuff. Cause I wanted to not lose people to, to the sleep. No, that's it. It's the like... deep sleep. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to keep pedaling in my lane. Mm-hmm. Are you going to write a book ever? Have I've got a, book? A book. Book. got a book. Wow. Got See, book. it's like I conjured that up. I manifested that. You manifested that. and It's and, backwards. You know, so you're going to have to tell me what it says. I don't even know what it says. There's, there's, no, there's no surprise. <laughs> it's called Making Conversations Count. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Originality is yeah. one of your strong suits. <laughs> brand. Um, it's on brand. So I was going to say, where can people find you? I imagine it is makingconversationscount.com. Um, making some conversations count.com is the podcast and wag associates.com is the I, I saw that. telephone training that I do. Um, but okay. you'll find me hanging out on LinkedIn in that's the, the best place. If you go on TikTok, I really don't know what I'm doing. So I'd rather you look at LinkedIn, but that's awesome. Thank you for joining the show. I appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing some of the not so great times because it's not always as easy. Some people avoid it like the plague and don't even want to admit that they messed up. So I appreciate you uh, coming on and talking about it. My scars are what makes me beautiful. Ah, there it is. That's the title. So I appreciate everything you said. So that was Scar from Lion King, right? That was, that was <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try to write down what it was. I'll, I'll hear it in the recording. So anyways, um, it's been a pleasure and, uh, and I can't wait for the world to hear it in uh, who the hell knows how long, a couple months, I'm going to say, or, but you never know. Sometimes they bump people up to the front because of, you know, I'm like, Oh, I've had a weird smattering of non salespeople or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. Sometimes it, one guest flows into the next quite naturally. And that's how I do things too. Yeah. Cool. Who's your husband? Is he interviewable or is he just worthless? Mm. <laughs> Make sure to start the podcast with that part right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Would you like to be more efficient, productive, and confident in your work at the office? Over 750 million people worldwide use Excel yet it's still a misunderstood and frequently misused tool. That's why I created Excel Exposure, so you can work smarter and not harder. The Excel Essentials course gives you over five hours of in-depth video lessons, plus it comes along with my master workbook, which has every function, shortcut, and all the examples to follow along. Investopedia actually included my course in their list of six best online Excel classes of 2021, saying it's best for visual learners. As someone who's an expert in failure, I can certainly teach you and your team how to avoid spreadsheet failures and create bulletproof Excel documents. Use the coupon code FAILURE for 20% off of the lifetime access price. Visit ExcelExposure.com for more information and also my existing award-winning free training. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, Always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.